Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another special episode of Puck Off. I am your host, Chris Nozick, joined by my co-host, as always, Mr. Andrew Johnson of the Short Shift Pod. Andrew, how are you as we get ready to dissect the St. Louis Blues? I think I'm feeling a little blue right now. Oh, stop it. Perfect. <laughs> Listen, don't don't make me hit you over the head with a Bennington. A wet noodle masquerading as a six million dollar goaltender. God, what a fucking penis. He's God, I hate mas- that guy. Hold on. He's not masquerading as a six hundred as a six million dollar goaltender. He is legitimately making six million dollars. I hate him on a molecular level, on a subatomic level. He makes more money than Linus Allmark. Bruins lost a cup to that guy. Uh, we we gave him a cup, unfortunately. We yeah, it's kind of it. Um, and, but and like the officials didn't help. There were some blown calls, but we don't yeah. we don't talk about that. We don't we don't speak of that. That's something we don't speak of. But like very much a down year last year for the Blues. Is this a nowhere to go but up situation for them? Or are they kind of in purgatory right now? Kind of coasting on 2019. Yeah, no. They're they're in an interesting spot, finishing sixth in the uh, Central last year. They were mm-hmm. 11 points behind Nashville, 11 points ahead of Arizona. That, that, that right there should tell you the epitome of, ugh, that was their year last year. Yeah. Nashville was 11 points ahead of them and out of the playoffs and Arizona was 11 points behind them and out of the playoffs. <laughs> so meh. Uh, they were a minus 28, uh, 38. I'm sorry. in goal differential. They gave up 300 goals last year. I wonder whose fault that was partly. Uh, not in his net wanting to fight Bennington. Man. Fuck that official for not letting that happen. Jordan Bennington, Marc-Andre Fleury, pay-per-view sold out. Do it. Do it. I would buy tickets. And so would you. And if you say you wouldn't, you're a liar. You'd buy that pay-per-view in a heartbeat. Pads and everything. It's got to be on an ice rink with pads. Let's go. Although... Well, one good thing... Well, I mean... They, you want to talk about a team that had the most problematic, um, the problem, most problematic goalie goaltending last year. Uh, their backup from last year retired, and he's the guy that got banned from Germany's national team because he was uh, wearing masks that were inspired by Nazi Germany secret police stylized S's, something like that. <laughs> They banned him because he was because he was veering too close to Nazism. Do you know where do you find these people, St. Louis? Uh, I don't know. I guess they're just lucky. I'm sorry, that's one word for it. But <laughs> that guy's gone. He was a big part of why they gave up almost 300 goals last year, or over 300 goals last year. And they turned their lonely eyes to Joel Hoffer. He's he of five games in the NHL. Please yeah. don't be a dick. Like that's my that's my that's my want for you, man. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. I I remember 
reading about this kid and I'm trying to pull it back up right now, but my understanding was he's a solid prospect uh, as far as goaltending wise. Upper, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. The question is, does he have it in him to take the net from Bennington? Well, I mean, he was trying to give the Bennington was trying to give the net to somebody last year. Yeah, let's so so you mentioned it. He's only got a handful of games in the National Hockey League, but going back the last couple of years with Springfield, their affiliate in the American, two five goals against average, nine to one save percentage. And the year before that, 2.96 goals against and 905 save percentage. Uh, Utica comments the year before that, 10 games, not a very good sample size, but 898 save percentage, 333 goals against average in 10 games. So, but that, but that lot, but last year, that's a pretty good snapshot of what he could be. Well, that's just it. He came in, played two games or 10 games, played okay. I mean, you know, 3.33 for your first 10 games in the American Hockey League coming from the WHL. Like, mm-hmm. now, and, and here's the thing. The year before that, he was with Portland Winterhawks in the uh, WHL. He went mm-hmm. to the World Juniors, U20. Do you know what his numbers were there? Uh, were they good? He was, he, he, he played in six games. He went 5-0-0. His goals against average 1.3 and his save percentage 94.6. That's pretty good. So he's got a good ceiling. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I'm not expecting those numbers to translate to the National Hockey League. He at least but, knows how to put his body in front of the puck in lower levels. But also at World Championships in 22-23, mm-hmm. he played two games, went one and one, 1.46 goals against average, 925 save percentage. Pretty good. So he carried over what he did in the American hockey league. And so again, it shows high ceiling, low floor Mm -hmm. for a kid who's 23 between the pipes. That's what you expect. Goalies are voodoo. And you know, but his ceiling is such that he could come out and lead this team to a fucking Stanley cup run. If that absolute fucking shit noodle can do it. Why not Joel Hoffer? Why not Joel Hoffer? We're going to ask that all year for this team. But (laughs) there's your hope. He's entering basically his rookie season. Mm -hmm. He's got dingled dumb shit in front of him in net making 6 million bucks. So I expect kind of a 65-35 split. I, I expect us to see Bennington the bulk of the time. It's up to Hoffer to take more time from him. Right. Grice couldn't do it. Bennington played, I believe it was, what, 58 games last year? It was like a traditional goalie split, wasn't it? I don't remember offhand, and quite frankly, I don't care, because every time he's on the ice, I want to punch him in the face. So did uh, so did Marc-Andre Fleury. Exactly. Like, come on, how do you not get out of the way for that? Especially like, from Marc's fucking games Andre last Fleury. Year. Yeah. Like, one of the nicest guys you'll ever, ever meet. But Bennington, uh, cover your ears, Blues fans. He played 61 games last year, a 3.31 goals against average, and an 894 save percentage. But you had to play him because your backup was worse. Yeah, your backup was worse. And a Nazi, apparently. 
Right. Uh, and voted. Yeah. So the defense, the defense is where they can improve the team. Unfortunately, everybody's locked in and doesn't have to go anywhere. Can you explain that to me? How do you give your entire decor a no movement clause? Um, like the whole, like every single one of them have it except for Tuzo and Rosen. And right. you have Tyler Tucker, who's on, I believe he's on his ELC. But how do you give Marco Scandella, who played 20 games last year and is making 3.275 million, how do you give him a modified no move? How do you give Justin Falk a full no move? Tori Krug a full no move. Nick Letty a full no move clause. Tori Krug, what did he do to get a no movement clause? A no trade clause, rather. Did he do anything in Boston or anything in his first year, like at all, to say, let's lock him up and make it so he can't go anywhere? He played a lot of offense and he charged any charged Robert Thomas that one time. Yes, that one time. Um, question for you you need a defensive stop. You're stuck with I'm not putting Tory Krug out there. What are you nuts? Hold on, you're stuck with one of the following. You have to put. You, you you input in mid play either Tory Krug or William Carlson Eric Carlson Eric Carlson William Carlson is the uh, he's the one you want out there of the three. I was gonna say I was like Eric I put William Carlson, Carlson out there to tie the game if that's part of my choice. Eric Carlson or Tory Krug who are you putting out there in a defensive situation? Eric Carlson. Why Tory Krug? measures out to be one of the worst defensive defensemen in the NHL. Eric Carlson doesn't. Eric Carlson does too, but he's slightly better. <laughs> so if that's the choice, if that's the choice, I'm if that's the choice, I pick option C and scream forfeit. But I, I, I will say this. I think you went with the right player mm -hmm. because he's bigger. And I'm going to tell him all you have to do is slide in front of the play. Mm -hmm. he's more likely to fuck it up. <laughs> he's more likely to get in the way is more like it. However, Tory crew can power, can power quarterback a power play. Like nobody's fucking tomorrow. Sure. But he's not 6.5. That's the other thing what? too. You got Falk, Krug and Pareko 6.5, Mm-hmm. And you have Pareko who had, who had a, a bit of a down year last year. Justin Falk, who any minute now you can like you you can sense it, you can feel it, you can feel the cliff for him. I mean, let's but, not let's not discount Mar uh, Nick Letty either. Like Nick, I, I would say this: Nick Letty is a great trade chip. Four million bucks for the next three years, at thirty-two years old but he can veto anything. Mm -hmm. So Great. you are sending him to a cup contender or he is staying in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Who needs a left shot defenseman? 32 cheap on the dollar amount. A lot of teams actually. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of teams would take that. So it'll be interesting. Um, and then, but then you look at the names up front that are locked in. Jordan Cairo, at 25 years old, are you as impressed with Jordan Cairo as you were, say, two years ago? No, but I still, I still, I, 
I still can maintain there's a really good player in there. Same thing with Robert Thomas. I think they've come down same, to earth a idea. little bit. I think yeah. people have watched their tape and have figured them out a little bit. It's time mm-hmm. for them to start kind of reconfiguring their game a little bit. Adjusting uh, to the adjustments. Yeah. Braden Shen, 32, 6.5 for the next five years. No yeah. trade clause. Full no moves, full no trade clause. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you look to, I mean, five years though. Holy fuck. Like, when do you even sit there and ask him? I think he ends up as the next captain. So maybe that complicates things a little bit, but maybe not, not, not as much. Maybe, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. Pavel Buchnevich, no modified, no trade clause for the next. Fine. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich, I'll, I think he's underpaid for what he gives them. That's think, actually a good contract. I think so. I don't look to move him. Brandon no. Saad. That's an old. What did we talk about uh, with the uh, Capitals? What was Evgeny Kuznetsov? An old 32. 31. He's an old 32. He's an old. You know, Brandon Saad's an old 30. He's got this year and two more at 4.5. He's got a lot of miles on him. If you can shelter him in a third line role, I don't hate that. It's more money than I'd like to, to give, but he has some cup pedigree. So mm-hmm. he can help with some of the guys like the Robert Thomases and the Jordan Kairos and, you know, um, some of those guys. But you, then you've got Jacob Vrana with retained money, Kasperi Kapanen, who was a waiver claim, and Kevin Hayes, who Philly is paying to play against them. <laughs> So with Kevin Hayes in the mix, he can play the middle. Robert Thomas is is a center at this point, I think. Would you mm-hmm. say? Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, Robert Thomas is a center. Yeah. So you got on the on the top line, you basically have Thomas, Cairo, and Shen. Okay. I mean, would you break that up a little bit? Maybe. Would you do? Would I switch? Would I would I switch Bushnevich over there? Yeah, you could put Bushnevich on the left, and then it would. But be then you have Bushnevich, Hayes, and Sod as your number two line. Hayes, Sod, and Bushnevich would be your number two at that point. Yeah, and... I like <laughs> I like Sod on the on a third line. That's the thing. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. a third line would be great. Maybe Oscar Sundquist can take a step to four C. <laughs> like maybe. <laughs> maybe um i mean they got a couple guys on here nikita alexander alexandrov and jake neighbors both on elcs jake what- neighbors is an interesting piece i think that the the organization's really high on him um dude's got a motor and hits everything in sight same with sammy blay so there's two of your four was another name that i just realized i left off my list <laughs> he could be a top six guy Sammy Blay? Right? Eh. Wasn't he a top six a couple years ago for him, or was that out of necessity? That was out of necessity, not out of uh here's here's where you here's where you can succeed. I mean on the right side, I don't know. Thomas I, I 
the thing is, is you got to keep Cairo and Thomas together, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good combination. Would you, would you put Buchnevich up there? Or would you put Vrana, Saad? Who do you think pairs well with them? That's the question. Vrana's a huge wild card. He can either give you 30 goals or be out or flame out. Yeah. I would feel more comfortable putting Pavel Buchnevich up there. He's more con- he's more consistent. Mm-hmm. And with those two kids up there, I'd rather it be a consistent guy who's a veteran who can bang around. He also offers a little bit of that on-ice protection with his physical play. Mm-hmm. So, like, I kind of like those three together. Then you're looking at Hayes. I hmm, Hayes, Shen on the left, and Sod on the right? I don't like that. That's not ideal. I don't like that at all. What about uh, Alexei Torobchenko? How's his game? Six foot six winger, physical. Fourth line next to Oscar Sunquist. Yeah, there you go. Also uh, has an also also uh, a complete aside. That's a great ho- Russian hockey name. Torobchenko. So this is kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Left side, you go Buchnevich, Shen, Saad, Vrana. Down the middle is Thomas, Hayes, Alexandrov, and Sunquist. And then on the right side, you got to go Kairu, Blay, Kapanen, Torobchenko. Mm-hmm. Neighbors is kind of the 13th forward. Maybe he can elevate and push Brandon Saad to the right side on the top, uh, you know, in a top six role and bump Blay down. Or maybe. Kapanen and uh, Blake and flip-flop. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not looking at very good options for this lineup. No. You have a you have a few really good players. Kairou and Thomas, while you see, like you said, they are back down to earth a little bit. They're still very, very good. And they're, and Kevin Hayes is still pretty good. He's, he's no slouch. He just mm-hmm. isn't what he used to be. They, the, Philly is, Philly is paying to have him not be on their team. And he set a career high in points last year. What a weird, what a weird saga that was. Just, this isn't a playoff team, man. That's all I can Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I look at this, roster and i look at this lineup and we just went through arizona's not too long ago Mm -hmm. i sit there and i go they're a lot more similar than people want to give them credit for a lot more similar the blues and the coyotes are a lot more similar yes how so i'm pulling up the the coyotes one more time Mm -hmm. because when we were looking at that lineup there was a lot to it too Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure I do a proper side-by-side comparison. All right. The difference, the difference is the Blues guys are veterans and they're locked in. The Arizona Coyotes guys are, if they're veteran, they're questionable. And if they're young, they're questionable. So, mm-hmm. like, we, we want to compare them. Well, Jordan Cairo... Robert Thomas, Nick Schmaltz, and Clayton Keller. 
Check. Okay. Check. Okay. Right. Jason Zucker, Pavel Buchnevich. Veteran okay. guys, you know what you're going to get. Are they? I think Buchnevich is a better player, but I, I don't think that comparison is out of pocket. What I'm talking about, what the player has to offer, because I don't think Jason Zucker is going to be as good of a player as he was in Pittsburgh on the Arizona Coyotes. Of course. But he brings intangibles similar to how Buchnevich brings some intangibles too. You know mm-hmm. what you're going to get. Or maybe you could compare him better to Braden Shen. Mm-hmm. Would that be a better comparable? I think so. I think Sh- okay. Shen and Zucker are a better comparison. Fine. So your Buchnevich would probably be more of a guy like Nick Bukestad then. Uh, I get where you're going with this, but like, again, again I think I'm, I'm not saying the game. Player, I'm not saying I understand. The, I understand where you're going. I'm not saying the type of game is one for one. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is of a 23 man roster. Uh, we've, we've basically counterbalanced Clayton Keller, uh, Robert Thomas, Nick Schmaltz, Jordan Cairo, now we're down to a 21 man roster mm-hmm. Zucker and Shen. Now we're down to a 20 man roster that we're, we're looking at differently. And I mean, yes, the, the defense that they have in St. Louis has a much higher ceiling, but Derzer Brown and Dumba Pareko Letty and Falk. Like, I see that comparison a lot. You get what I'm saying? Yep, I see that comparison a lot better. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, last year, the Blues finished 11 points ahead of Arizona. What have the Blues done to get better? Uh, They didn't really add very much this offseason, if I'm just by looking at this. They lost Thomas what? Grice. They lost Thomas Grice, and they added Oscar Sundquist. Now is is rem- they is, couldn't move any of the defense because no trade clauses, no trade clauses. It could be addition by subtraction. Maybe a Nazi in the room fucks things up way more than we thought. Put that on a bumper sticker, Jesus Christ! The the, the first puck off branded bumper sticker. A Nazi in the room fucks things up. And it's not seeing the room is bad for morale. More at 11. <laughs> uh, so did Arizona get 11 points better than they were last season? If the blues stayed exactly the same, maybe that's a hell like, of there's a lot of, like there's a lot of factors here, but sure, I think if you're, taking everything, plan, you're obviously going to be taking everything at face value here. Well, yeah, to your point, though, one has a stadium to play in, one has a real coach, one has an actual general manager, one has a putz. Like, there's differences in stuff. I'll let you figure out which one has which. My point being, this is going to be a closer battle to the bottom of the central than I think we thought it would be. And And you said that, yeah, and you said that uh, the Coyotes, we said the Coyotes would be playing meaningful hockey later into the year than we think. I, but, I didn't say it would be a bad race to the end. Mm-hmm, right. You, you can have a race to the finish where 
the I mean, think about it. Look at how the the East finished last year. It finished on the last day. Mm-hmm. It could finish one through six on the last day in the Central. Like maybe not one through six, maybe more like four, five, and six, but you get my point. Five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. The Blues have too much talent to suck. But, but they, they also don't have enough talent to be good. But they don't have enough talent to be good, and they don't have enough suck to get a draft pick. Man, I think you just made two bumper stickers in the last two minutes. <laughs> they don't have enough Nazi suck. Nazi in the room fucks things up, and they don't have enough suck. <laughs> to get a draft pick. Uh, to get a high No, no, draft. take out that last part. That's the bumper sticker. <laughs> I mean, we're just a marketing genius over here at Puck Brilliant. Sign us. Um, I mean, they were 11 points less than Nashville last year. Do mm-hmm. you see them surpassing Nashville? Because I don't. No, I don't. If, well, if anything, that depends on Soros, doesn't it? We're going to get to Nashville. If anything, mm-hmm. Nashville and St. Louis are going to be much closer to on par with each other because. Last year, St. Louis was about 500, all right? Mm -hmm. They were 37, 38, and 7. Nashville was 42, 32, and 8. So really, it comes down to a 42 and 32 record versus a a 37 and 38 record. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but 8 and 7 OT losses aren't aren't swaying me all that much. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much on par. So that's a five game swing for each team because that basically puts them both at, at 90 and 80 points. If you take off the OT wins and losses, whatever we're, mm-hmm. we're doing basic estimated math here. It's a five game swing, <laughs> two points in five, in, in five games, five and a half, five and a half. Sure. Like can Nashville lose five games next year that they won this year? Yes. Can mm-hmm. St. Louis win five games this year that they lost last year? Sure. However, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be two losses and three wins. It can be three wins. So it's going to be a lot closer than last year. Just not sure if the order changes. Do you want to give a thought mm-hmm. on that? Ships passing in the night, I guess. Like Maybe. you have, like, yeah, that's it, that's basically what it is. Because now again, you have Arizona in the mix. Yeah, Arizona is a team in transition right now. Credit to Army Bear for pointing that out to us. Uh, Arizona is a, a team in transition right now, but I the don't transition know is they're transitioning to yet. But they know they're turning into something. They it's are. Like a, a it's like a caterpillar that doesn't know if it's going to be a moth or a butterfly yet. I was going to say, they're in the cocoon right now. They just don't know yeah. what's happen. <laughs> exactly. They're going to come out and be a butterfly or a moth. Or, 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 a, moth, or, or a moth that just loves light. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to come out and be a Colorado Man. or a Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> but or right Chicago. now, but right now, St. Louis is neither of those things. They're just... They're kind of there. 
They've got good talent. They've got great talent up at the top of the lineup. But the defense, the bottom six, the uncertainty in the bottom six. I was going to say bottom half of the league, bottom half of the division, out of the playoffs, regardless. Like their their only shot, only shot to make the playoffs is if something goes fucking crazy in the Pacific and only three teams make it and St. Louis can sneak into the five spot. But well, there, 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 there is another. There's another scenario. Bennington goes God mode again. I think you're more likely to have Hoffer go God mode. But if you think, if you're a St. Louis fan, you're listening to this, and you think Jordan Bennington's going to go God mode, you can puck off. Puck off. The Nazi in the room is bad for morale. More than eleven. <laughs> 